Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Let's get this one going here. Welcome to episode number 93 of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by my co-host Alex. We are here to recap the NFL draft, to recap some um, some un- undrafted free agents as well that we got here. We'll be giving our draft grades to everything and we'll give you some other draft, gade, some other draft grades excuse me, from some uh, professionals in the industry as well. Um, but we're as professional as can be here. And Alex, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, excited to get going here. You know, the draft has kind of died down. We're back to normal. Uh, you know, we have a lot to review about all these prospects. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to go over it. How are you, Josh? Uh, reversing the question. I'm good. I mean, we're in May now, so that's that's a good thing when it comes to school wise. We're Narrowing it down, I calculated it yesterday because I was bored and had nothing to do. So there was no draft happening anymore. Could add round 7 through 10. So um, and I'm not giving the NFL draft any ideas because it's enough going with seven rounds. It's a lot It's a lot of draft watching. But um, no, I, um, yesterday I calculated it's 81%, Alex, that we're done through the school year. So we're almost there. We're, we're getting close. We're almost there. Too bad the summer is like kind of like not good time for Giants like news and stuff as much. I mean, obviously there's training camp, but uh, it's kind of kind of sucks because obviously that's when we have a lot of time. Um, but yeah, that's I guess not gonna uh, be as helpful. But we'll see anyway. Uh, I you know when we actually go back in person, that's when it's gonna be uh, tough because we're gonna have even less time because uh, part of the time when we record is actually at our lunch uh, during school, so it's kind of like a. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a nice spot for us to record, and then we edit after school and stuff like that and do everything else that's needed. Uh, so that helps with time, but obviously when you're sitting in school, it's not like you can edit or record a podcast right now. We'll there, just so. bring our – that that's, that's we'll a new idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it in we'll the bring backpack. The computers. 
Listen, yeah. with uh, with junior year anyway, because that's that's how like we don't know the specifics right now. We were kind of taking it one step at a time. But next year is our junior year. I feel like we mentioned on the podcast before, so that's like all the tests and stuff like that. But we're trying to get the study halls aligned, Alex. So if we get the study halls aligned next year. We just go into the back of the library at study hall next year. Just take out the microphones very slowly, and then just go full on record mode in in the high school. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think that's might what have to happen. I, it might it may have to happen, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, probably not. Uh, <laughs> are you ready to get into it with all the picks now? Because we have a lot of things to discuss today, and I'm you know excited to get into it. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. We'll start out with round one. Pick number twenty for, uh, from the Chicago Bears. We obviously mentioned it last episode. We recorded after the first round. Wide receiver Kadarius Tony out of Florida was taken by the New York Giants, and the New York Giants was also get, uh, able to get a first-round pick and a fifth-round pick. So they got the 20th pick from the Bears. They got a fifth-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft that they later tr- traded for that third-round spot. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and then they also got a first-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, and that stacked NFL Draft, and then a fifth-round pick. No, a fourth-round pick in that next year's draft as well. So to recap it, First and a four, first and a fifth in the 2021 draft, a first and a fourth in the 2022 draft as well. All from that one trade back, about nine spots to pick 20, where we pick Kadarius Tony. Very good trade. Give the trade an A. I think that's what I said last time. Uh, and give Kadarius Tony my draft grade. I'll already go into it as a B plus for Tony. Obviously, there were some other players available at that spot on the board. Quiddy Pay was the main one that I really liked, but obviously in that second round. We were able to get probably as good of a player, obviously different positioning type thing there. But anyway, Alex, I'll let you take over because I know you got some stuff written down about these guys. Yeah, so for Tony, he's flexible. He can play in the backfield. He can play in the slot. Maybe even on the outside, I think due to his size on the outside against some of their better corners in the league, he may struggle. But definitely in the slot or in the backfield, he'll be good. Uh, good production in his senior season and has a great explosive burst in the open field and he's definitely a big play guy um for my player comp i'm gonna kind of have that also for most of these guys at least i'm gonna go kind of with a mix here uh curtis samuel percy harvin i think those are two very good comps i i think he has a higher ceiling than curtis samuel um and i think maybe even percy harvin as well um but yeah those are going to be our player comps for that uh, and I'm going to give it a B plus as well. Um, you know, probably for me, he was my fifth best wide receiver in the class. We took him fourth wide receiver. Um, and obviously the, it came out that Urban Meyer was devastated that the Giants took Kadarius Tony because he wanted him very badly at 25. Uh, so that was interesting. So obviously it wasn't too bad of a reach if he was going to go at 25, right? Uh, it's definitely a reach of about five to 10 spots in my opinion, but decent we needed a wide receiver or at least you know our ownership believed we needed a wide receiver Dave Gettleman believed we needed a wide receiver and we got one uh so pretty good there uh and Josh you can move into the second round could have been Bateman could have been Elijah Moore we go with Kadarius Tony out of Florida good pick I'm writing an article on the Giants draft as well um and these are my grades from the from the article as well so be sure to check it out on the giantake.com it'll probably be out I would say by tomorrow I think I should be able to finish it up by today so Hopefully by tomorrow, if not the following day, which is Wednesday. Uh, at that point, I'm able to calculate my weekdays correctly. So that's a good thing. Um, and I, one one other thing I would just like to say about Kadarius Tony. I know we got a lot to cover, but 
Um, I really like how he does compare himself after the catch to an Alvin Kamara in his player interview. Um, he talks about himself like a Devontae Adams as a wide receiver type thing with his route running ability. Um, and obviously doesn't drop the ball very very often, and that's something that Devontae Adams is also, uh, you know, he's also talked about because of that reason as well. So Kadarius Tony very good with uh, drop balls, doesn't drop many balls. And then he calls himself an Alvin Kamara comparison as well, and I saw many analysts um, and scouts comparing him to an Alvin Kamara once he catches the ball as well. And you can see that right when you put on the highlight tape. Um, he's very good with his yak ability. He's able to move in different spaces, and I think that quote-unquote human joystick nickname is a very good thing for him. Uh, and then, yes, now I'll move on to the second round. Another trade back, Dave Gettleman, Mr. Trade Back, Mr. Trader, because I guess he trades up in the third round. Um, but round two, pick 50 from the Miami Dolphins. Once again, we move back eight spots and pick up a third-round pick for next year is correct. Yes, okay. Alex is nodding his head for everyone listening, so got to make that clear. Picked it up from the Miami Dolphins, and this one, I love this pick. My favorite pick in the entire draft, my favorite trade-back pick, like kind of both things merged together. It's Aziz Ojolari, linebacker out of Georgia. Could have picked him at 42, was probably top of our board. Dave Gettleman said I think they were between eight guys at 42, so they knew if they, I think it was eight guys or nine guys, whatever it was, he said five th- guys. He said I, I believe he said five guys at forty-two. Thank yeah. you, five guys at forty-two, um, and then he traded back. He knew that they would still be there. Obviously, you would think one out of the five. He was completely correct. So most likely, I'm sure the the guy, if not the second guy, um, that they had on their list that was as high as at forty-two. Basically, could have taken Ojolari at forty-two. They traded back eight spots, still got Ojolari at fifty. That's the biggest thing with this trade, and they picked up another. Uh, pick in this next year's stack draft um, and Ojolari great guy off the edge and I love his speed uh, that's the biggest thing with him a first round talent by many and probably top three in many linebacker uh, you know rankings as well outside interior whatever you want to call it probably Parsons is always number one in most people's list not everyone's list and then you have Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa either in front of Ojolari or Ojolari ahead of him and then Ojolari at three for most people for me it was th- those were the three would have liked Koromoa instead of him in this pick, but Ochilari is still a wonderful player here at the 50 spot. Yeah, in terms of the edge rushers in this class, I think Ojilari was probably the best at the moment, maybe not the highest upside. I think Jalen Phillips probably has that, but uh, yeah, I like the pick. Good athleticism, a bit on the small side, but good physical traits. Needs to polish his pass rushing moves um, and decent in the passing game as well when he drops back into coverage. My player comp for him is going to be Yannick Ngakwe. Um, out, uh, obviously, he plays for the Ravens now. You know, similar in terms of their build, similar in terms of how they came out of college, similar in terms of where they were picked, actually, in the draft as well. Uh, so that's the player comp we have for him. And I'm going to give that pick an A+. I really like the pick. Um, for me, I had him as my top player on the board at that time. Um, and I'm very much happy that we picked him up there. Uh, and very funny... They asked him in uh, Dave Gettleman in the press conference, who were the was Aaron Robinson one of the five guys that you were talking about at forty two? And he said yes. Um, so Aaron Robinson was one of those guys, and they were able to get him not at forty two, not at fifty, but at seventy one. Uh, they trade up with Denver uh, to jump the Eagles, who ended up having a bit of a catastrophe in their war room, where Howie Roseman was trying to fist bumps, uh, I believe their director of something. 
uh, and he got all upset that they didn't take, I guess they were upset about Robinson, um, and it was very funny, and it was very nice as Giants fans to see the Eagles pissed, um, you know, and then they, they always talk about, right, the Eagles fans are like, oh, you know, you, we got Devontae Smith in front of you, but you looked at the Giants' room during that, during that 11th pick right after you guys took uh, Devontae Smith. No one was getting angry. No one was rejecting a fist pump. Dave was sitting there. He was chilling. Joe Judge had no expression on his face as usual. Everything was all good. Only the Eagles freak out. So, uh, clown organization, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of UCF, got him at pick 71. We gave away the fifth round pick we got in the Chicago trade. Um, uh, and we used that to come up, uh, I believe it was like five spots, um, to jump both of our divisional rivals in the Cowboys and the Eagles, who both desperately needed corners. Aaron Robinson, uh, he's a great tackler, good in both man and zone coverage, quick for a big corner, tough and physical in coverage, uh, and good in run defense as well. He's a little bit over physical, some scouts say, um, he's a little bit grabby, um, but that's, that's, um you know, what we have on him. And for the player comp, I don't think he's ever going to reach this level, but Xavier Howard, uh, when he came out, when he was uh, starting out in the NFL, he was also a bit grabby uh, in college as well and, you know, similar player builds. Um, but obviously Xavier Howard plays on the outside. Aaron Robinson looks to be projected to be a slot in the NFL. Um, so that's what uh, we're looking at there with him. And I gave that an A-plus grade. Going back to Ojolari, I gave him an A uh, for my draft grade. And then, Alex, this might be a tweet that I might put out later. So Tom Donahow, I think is how you pronounce his name. I don't know for sure. Um, he is the Senior Director of Player Personnel for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was previously the General Manager of the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the in, in the NFL. This, this is the guy that uh, had the fist pump hole error. Soccer manager is what he's... Uh, called on google i'll put it up to the screen right now if anyone could see that so <laughs> that might be a tweet uh in a little bit so i don't know that that's interesting <laughs> but uh moving on to the aaron robinson selection obviously we get that fifth round pick to the denver broncos that we just knew you know recently required um, earlier in the draft in that first round the only reason I give him a B plus compared to Alex's A plus, he really, really, really likes Robinson. Obviously, as you can tell from the player grade, the only reason why I didn't see him as good—it's just the tight coverage—and a lot of people are gonna like this. Obviously, you want tight coverage from your quarterback. He just seems a little bit handsy. I feel like a lot of people say that as like their kind of, uh, you know, their their one flaw with him. I just can see a lot of penalties coming from that. That's the only thing. That's why I give him a B-plus in mind. But besides that, really great value here. A lot of people ranked him in the top 10. If not the top 5 at cornerbacks, Alex is in deep thought. What is going through his head? There he is. He's back to normal. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll move on to round 4. Pick 116, Ellerson Smith, linebacker out of Northern Iowa. I did not like this pick as much as the other ones. It's not as much of a reach. I feel like last year when we kind of stacked up on the players moving to the 6th round, uh, what was it, the edge rushers? That we were... I mean, edge and linebacker, kind of a combo of both. Yeah, so now we were kind of really looking at the um, outside linebacker position. We kind of stacked up there in the cornerbacks. You can tell once the draft ended, the mindset going into it was we got to stack up on quarterbacks, we got to stack up on linebackers, right? Even though a lot of people thought it was offensive line, obviously Gettleman and the whole staff, judge, whatever it was, they didn't agree with that. They wanted edge, or excuse me, they wanted outside linebackers, they wanted cornerbacks. They were able to do that. 
Smith, a little bit of a reach, though. Um, Northern Iowa obviously wasn't able to play. He wasn't able to play this past season uh, because of COVID and all that stuff. So we decided to opt in because, and it seemed like because he had his best season at Northern Iowa the season before, and he probably didn't think that if he played another season, he would be able to have as good of a year. That's just what I kind of got from it. Uh, he talked about it in his interview um, that he was like, all right, I was getting ready. And then turns out when I was able to kind of finish up and get ready for the season, they canceled it because of COVID. So I decided to get a really good trainer and train for my pro day and the draft, things of that nature. I assumed, and I'm sure a lot of the players did this, they assumed that they would not be able to have a better season than they had the season before that. So that's the only thing with, with the whole Northern Iowa Ellerson Smith situation. That's why I'm sure he declared for the draft. So listen, it's still not as bad as a grade that I would have given a, a player last time. I mean, a lot of people, I think, gave some C pluses later in the draft for this one. Round four, I gave it a B. Yeah, for me, I gave it a B minus, not only because I don't exactly like the pick, um, also, just considering the other players that were on the board at that time and the other positions of need, um, in terms of him, uh, he projects well as an edge in the NFL, good length, struggles against the run, and definitely needs to bulk up a little bit because um, he is a little bit thin uh, at the edge rusher position. He's a weird one. Um, I, he's an awkward size for an edge rusher. He's a little bit oversized, which could be good against you know some bigger offensive tackles, but He's also a little bit too thin. I, I, I'm kind of worried about what he could be in the NFL. I'm not sure if he would work out. I don't think he has the physical traits to work out in the NFL. I could be wrong, so that's why I gave it a B-. minus. Um, for my player comp, I mean, there's really not even a good comparison to him because there's not really any edge rushers that have done anything in the NFL uh, at his size. I put Lorenzo Carter as a name. Not really even a, a good comparison at all, to be honest. Um so for this one, this is a tough one, um, but yeah, I wouldn't even give it a comparison if I were to uh, have to choose one, but yeah, Lorenzo Carter if it had to be one. And just real quick, um, you know, we're trying to get that edge rusher position out of the draft, and the Giants recently have not been able to do that. We have Jason Pierre-Paul, the most recent example of a very good edge rusher for the New York Giants, and that came back in 2010. And now recently we haven't had, you know, haven't been able to have... Um, you know, that good of a player. You go back to Avery Moss in 2017, Lorenzo Carter in 2018, O'Shane Zimenez in 2019, and you had Carter Coughlin and Zimenez both coming off injury short in 2020 seasons. So Ellerson Smith, he's going to try and come and break the Giants' curse, quote-unquote, these past few years. Um, but I don't. I just don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. And I, we, we both don't... <clears throat> Whoa, I'm losing my voice at this point. Uh, we both don't really like this pick. I mean, Alex, are you ready to go to the the final? No, not the final player. Second to final player, Brightwell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, round six, pick one ninety six. Gary Brightwell, running back out of Arizona. I mean, he's a special teams guy. He was okay in the backfield. He didn't really do much for Arizona. Mostly a special teams contributor, like I said. Player comp for him, Brandon Bolden, uh, Patriots running back who mainly uh, played special teams was very good for them. Uh, and that's kind of what I see him being. He could be a very good special teams contributor, uh, but that's how I would grade it. C-plus for me. Um, I feel like special teams guys, you'd almost want uh, this almost too early for a special teams guy. I would try to see if you're in round six. You could almost look to see if you could find someone who has high upside who could actually work out, um, but I guess they chose to go 
with a guy who could play well in special teams, but I'm going to give it a C plus. Uh, a C for me is going to be that one. I just, I don't know. I This is where it's like, I get it. I guess that's the Joe Judge effect, maybe with the um, whole thing with the special teams, and that's how he goes with that stuff. It's 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 fine. I mean, I we, we both kind of don't have much to say. These late guys, as Alex takes that big, nice, long, transitional, last player in the draft, yawn. We move on to the last one in the draft, um, and that's going to be Rodarius Williams, the cornerback out of Oklahoma State, round six, pick 201. This guy is older for a, for a cornerback coming out of college. Like, you know, I don't. I don't want to call someone old. I know Jordan Ronan in the interview. He's like coming in. You're like he's like coming out of college. You you seem old, and he's like, oh, sorry about that. I mean to say, because like he's not old. He's twenty. This, the guy's twenty five years old. But coming out of college, you don't see that a lot. Um, so I'm giving it a B minus just because of the age factor. But I mean, he's a fast cornerback. I get it. Um, he's also got the brother Grady Williams in the NFL already, so he's got, I guess, some experience. You know, having it in the family. I'm sure he's got really good genes, obviously. But it's just. The 25, I, I, I saw the thing that he'll be 25 in the season. So he's older than Saquon Barkley, I believe. Saquon Barkley's been in the, year for, been in the league for the last two years. Oh, it's, um, I don't know. I just don't, you know, you, you're going, Alex, like you like to say, at the end of these drafts, you're going for the guy with the highest upside. And I just don't think taking it like an almost 25-year-old is that high of an upside. You're going to take a young guy that looks pretty good in college and that you could think could develop. I, I don't know. The age factor really got it for me. But, you know, it still looks really good on the highlight tapes. I'm giving it a B-. minus. Yeah, he's fast, physical corner, solid tackler. Good upside. Yes, the age is definitely a factor. Grabs and holds a lot, just like uh, Robinson. Player comp, A.J. Bouye. I mean, he's never going to reach that kind of height, but uh, kind of, or that kind of height in terms of performance. But uh, similar build, similar type of corners coming out of college. I'll give it a B plus. Uh, I get he's old, but you're looking at a six round pick. Definitely interesting. This year's class, it you know very strong at the top of the board. Um, but once you get into these later rounds, this class was definitely weak. You could even see this in the undrafted free agents. A lot of people. Uh, for example, the Giants only signed three undrafted free agents. I remember last season, and that's most likely going to be it. Last season, uh, we probably signed like 15. Um, so definitely a lot of, I would say it's definitely a thinner class here at the end of the draft. Um, before, uh, before we get to the undrafted free agents, because that's not really a part of the draft. That's just uh, some signings, I guess. Overall, I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Um, I like what we did in the beginning of the draft. I think day two of the draft was our best day by far. Um, gave those picks both A pluses. The trades were very nice. Um, I, I was satisfied with all of them. Uh, and I'm, you know, reasonably happy and I'm excited for next year's draft as well. Um, with our two first round picks, our two third round picks, our two fourth round picks. It's going to be a lot of picks next year, and we won't be as bored because we'll have almost double the amount of picks next year. So the draft coverage will be even more exciting. Yeah, I factored it in. I gave it an A just to kind of separate myself from Alex a little bit. As much as I don't like some of the picks, and it's not extremely disliking uh, the picks, I just think it's an A. Just it's um, I like what they did, you know. And Gettleman even said, I think I don't know who asked him uh, offhand, but you know, a reporter asked him, you know, it was it a priority to get these twenty twenty two picks? And Gettleman's like, 
I was lying if I told you no. So they went into it with a plan of getting some linebackers, of getting uh, some cornerbacks as well, and picking that top wide receiver to put it on the uh, to put it on the offense. And um, they were able to do that. I was struggling for words there for a second, but they were able to do that. They were able to execute those plans. Gettleman was able to trade down for the first time in a very very long time, first time ever as a GM. So. Good for him, good for the Giants, and they executed the plan to what they wanted to do. Even though it was not the players that we wanted, they didn't want to take offensive line, so whatever. They, they Obviously, Gettleman, as I have a quote here, we'll talk about it a little bit later, feels that his offensive line is better than what the media portrays. Uh, yeah, so for 2022 draft picks, uh, we'll just run through it real quick since we're on the draft anyway. Uh, next year, we're going to have our own first-round pick, um, another first-round pick from Chicago, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, a third-round pick via Miami, a fourth-round pick, another fourth-round pick via Chicago, fifth, sixth, and seventh-round picks. Uh, So that's a total of, let me do some counting here. Uh, So we got two first-rounds, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten draft picks there um, for next year. Uh, So that's going to be very nice. Uh, In terms of, I guess we'll go to the draft grades of some of the experts now. Um, before we get to the undrafted free agents. I just have one quick thing. Did I say portrayals? <laughs> a second ago? Yeah, I think you did. I, I was going to say maybe my mic or my you know <laughs> headphones weren't working properly or something, but I was like, I wasn't going to correct you because I wasn't really sure what you were saying. Um, but yeah, portrays is I think what you were trying to say. Um, not portrayals or whatever you said. I don't really remember now. Yeah, yeah, portrayals. Okay, um... Yes, Alex. You, let, let's move to that now. So um, we have NFL.com, Chad Reuter. Uh, Alex is going to hold on to that for a while now. I know it. Um, he's a grammar person. Anyway, uh, he gave it an A for the whole for the whole um, class. Day one, he gave it an A-plus for Kadarius Tony. Day two for rounds two and three, he gave it an A. And then day three, he gave it an A. So good thing for Chad Reuter. He likes it more than we do, it seems. Uh, USA Today's Nate Davis gave it an A. And New York Post's Ryan Dunleavy. Uh, gave the draft an A now as well. And then I mentioned earlier, I have a quote from Dave Gettleman. This is from one of his final, I think, if not his final draft press conference. Uh, And that is no offensive lineman drafted. Well, Dave Gettleman said, quote, it's really apparent that we have a little more confidence in our offensive line than you guys do, meaning the media, Gettleman said. So I'm uh, I'm just going to say that we're happy with the group that we have. Obviously, you're always trying to get better and you're not going to take a player just to take a player take a player because you think he's going to improve the value of your team. Uh, I think it was Duggan that said, is it okay that the, he said um, something about good enough? Gettleman, he said, like, I guess your is your offense, do you consider your offensive line good enough or something like that? And Gettleman's first response to that was, well, you're not looking for good enough, you're looking for good, which I thought was also, that's a good, you know, I like that little quote, but aren't you not looking for good enough, you're looking for great? Like You're not looking for good, you're looking for great. I feel like, that's a little bit of a better word, but I guess he, you know, he's going off of what Duggan was saying. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a little funny, but, um, I mean, anyway, I, I, I think we ran through everything pretty quickly, to be honest. I mean, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, so we have the undrafted free agents, too, before we uh, wrap it up. So I'm just going to go through them real quick, and then Josh can make a comment at the end. Um, but so first we're going to start with center Brett Hedgie, uh, out of Florida. Brett Hedgie, I'm not going to, you know, we'll figure it out at a later date. Uh, he's a great teammate. Apparently, he was a big leader in Florida, uh, good in pass protection, struggles in the run game, and is a bit undersized. I think he has a very good chance of making the team as a backup center. Um, next, we have defensive end Raymond Johnson the third out of Georgia Southern. 
uh, good motor, uses his power well, does not have an explosive third step, uh, first step, not third step, um, and definitely needs to polish his pass rushing moves. Again, could possibly make the team. I think Heggie is more likely to. Uh, and then O-lineman, uh, or I guess he plays guard, center, whatever. Uh, Jake Burden out of Baylor. No need to really talk about him. He's not going to make the team. Uh, he was pretty shocking in college. But uh, yeah, those are the three uh, uh, undrafted free agents. I don't even have a description on Burden. It's just like no one really, he was, you know, it's just not worth talking about him, to be honest. No offense to him. I'm trying to find, like, descriptions on the Alex, and it is, I'm, like, scrolling through defensive end rankings just to see if I can find, like, some stuff on Raymond Johnson, and, like, nothing comes up here on by Ellerson yeah, Smith J- right now. J- Jake Burton was, yeah, there's nothing on him, but he, he, he was at UCLA originally, and then he moved to Baylor. He came to the draft, I guess, and we signed him. Uh, but I think Heggie definitely has a good chance of making the team, especially considering the lack of depth we have at offensive line, especially at that center and guard position. Um, but yeah, those are the undrafted free agents. I-, I would say one thing in terms of what Gettleman said about the offensive line. If you look at who we brought in, I think one person that no one really talked about, Zach Fulton uh, from the Houston Texans that we brought in. I think people are forgetting that I think he's going to be a starter. I think he'll start at that right guard position. Uh, then you'll either have Lemieux or Hernandez at that left guard position. I think people are forgetting about him. Not saying he's an all-worldly uh, guard, but I think, you know, he had a bad season last season, we get it, but in his previous years in the NFL, he was an average guard. Um, so I think he could do a decent job there. Uh, you know, he's definitely not a permanent solution. He's kind of a, a plug-and-fill kind of player who's going to plug the gap till we get a better guard. Uh, you know, the guard class next year, I haven't really looked into it, but I'm guessing next year we'll most likely be drafting a guard uh, or even a tackle, depending on how uh, Parrot does. Yeah, so th- that that's all I wanted to mention about the offensive line. Again, the offensive line, it's not, obviously, talent helps on the offensive line and good individual offensive linemen help, right? But the offensive line's a unit, right? You know, hopefully with Rob Sale when he came in, yes, I said his name right, Rob Sale, when he com- when he comes in, he'll be able to coach these guys up well. And it's really, are they going to be a good unit? Because the offensive line is a unit more than any other position in football. Um, so it doesn't matter if you have, uh, you know, five, you know, pro ball level uh, offensive linemen. But if they can't, you know, communicate properly, if they can't work together as a unit, then they're going to be the worst offensive line in football. So I think that's one of the big problems. Uh, I know last season we were shifting around a lot with the different offensive linemen, um, mainly due to the fact that we didn't have a good offensive line. We need to try on and see what would, would work. Um, I think this year, if we keep you know the same guys out there for a long time, bar- barring no injury concerns, these guys will gel. If we make sure we you know we say who the starters are going to be uh, and they work together as a unit, uh, you know Thomas gets familiar with either Hernandez or Lemieux, uh, and maybe Fulton gets uh, familiar with Parrot. I think, you know, the unit could be good. Uh, So I think that's the main thing uh, that, you know, Gettleman's banking on here is that all these guys, especially the three rookies or the three sophomores now coming into their, uh, you know, second season in the NFL are really going to take a big step up and the unit as well will take a big step up as a whole. I remember coming into this uh, undrafted free agents kind of list, a lot of them got playtime. The main one I would say was Nick Gates. You have CJ Board as well. I think uh, these players could be expected to, to do some, some more than people expect. Obviously, we had the wide receivers, Benjamin Victor and Austin Mack. 
So get familiar with these. Obviously, Alex, like you said, kind of weak draft class towards the end. Might not see a lot of them, but maybe those offensive linemen could uh, to get some play time. I guess we're ready to start wrapping it up. Um, check out for my blog post later this week, and Alex will go into the GiantTake.com a little bit before we wrap it up. Yeah, go check out the GiantTake.com. Uh, Josh will have his blog post up in the next couple days, like he mentioned. Um, you can check out our episodes uh, and also subscribe to the newsletter on there as well uh, on the homepage. Just put in your email and you'll get all sorts of updates from us. Uh, n- none unnecessary updates, just the necessary. We're not going to spam you. Um, uh, also, uh, make sure, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, for me. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. I'll let Josh go into us uh, in our individual Twitters. Yeah, exactly. So where you can find us uh, on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod, like Alex mentioned, at uh, my Twitter is at Joshola29, while Alex's Twitter is at Anorian23. And then go follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, at the Giant Take. We had some drafts up on there. We did a live stream on YouTube if you have not seen that already, and we had our draft reactions to the first. Uh, and second round picks of Ezekiel Jolari and Kadarius Tony, which I did in the wrong order. I just realized that, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, if you want to think about it that way, think that Ezekiel Jolari was our first round pick and Kadarius Tony was our second round pick. Second round pick. I feel like that sounds a little bit better. That's how I'm just going to put it, just because Ezekiel Jolari was more projected as a first round pick. Um, but I guess it also does sound better that we got Ojolari at 50, too. You know kind of show it up show that off a little bit we got a mid-second round um wherever you're listening subscribe as well and then um five stars rating and review on apple podcast or wherever else you're able to do so and i think that'll wrap it up as alex will give his closing thoughts and then um we'll go on to episode 94 at some point i don't know about what we'll have to talk about that i mean if anything else comes out we usually do stuff on thursdays as our main date obviously that's kind of changed throughout the last few weeks but we might have an episode on Thursday if a lot more news comes out. If not, you'll hear from us sometime next week. Yeah, either uh, you know this Thursday if more comes out, like you said, or next Thursday, most likely. I know the schedule comes out in, I believe, 11 days now. So uh, we may do an episode exactly on that day to go over the schedule. Um, so we'll see. Just uh, If you follow us on social media, you'll get the updates there and on the newsletter as well. So you'll know then. Um, also, we're on YouTube now, so make sure to go subscribe, like, comment. Uh, I guess, no, you can't comment. So just subscribe and like, um, and that we'd really appreciate that. We need to remember to start saying that at the end in the beginning of the video or whatever. Uh, It's weird saying that, but yeah, that's been a wrap for episode number 93 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh, and we'll see you next time with another Giants episode. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? 
Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.